0: Welcome to the DFO Rundown podcast with Frank Saravali and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 232 of the DFO Rundown live in Nashville, brought to you by Botano. Please play responsibly. 19 plus. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger, along with Frank Saravali. The uh, NHL draft has come and gone, Frank, uh, yesterday uh, only the uh, first time since 07 that there was no trades on draft day uh, during the draft, during the draft. Uh, today, uh, not a whole lot of uh, moves either. You know, the Bailey trade, the Yamamoto and Costen trade to uh, Detroit. It was, I, I would say uneventful, maybe except obviously for all the kids getting drafted, they're pretty fired up, but uh, anything stand out for you in the last 48 hours of the draft? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who I felt worse for today. The kid that had to wait around in
1: person in the arena to get picks in the seventh round or Tyler, who was really struggling through today. Oh, your round
2: chuckle. Jesus. Well, yeah. We'll talk about that. At one point I went back to the hotel, took (laughs) a nap. In the middle of rounds two to seven. (laughs) Missed round three and four, took a nap, came back for round five. Actually a decent play by me though.
1: Look, Nashville, like it, they call it the teams, the Preds. And uh, it'll bite you.
0: Oh, yeah. It can can sneak up on you for sure. Now, you mentioned the kid who was the last pick of the draft. There was many other kids who left without being picked. I've seen it every year, and I'm always – I know it's funny because some agents will tell, hey, you know what? If you're not ranked in the top 100 – probably best not to come because you never know. Like those ratings aren't the NHL teams. Those are just ratings from everybody else. And you see it every year. You yeah, know, someone to- that
1: comes and, and is in the building yes. gets passed over. There's, There's a couple of stories of kids that then the next year end up getting drafted yes. and didn't go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: look, a reminder to everyone. And we talk about this every year. It's just, just a number. It doesn't guarantee no. you anything. Not even the, the middle late first round picks, you you just get a little higher chance in the pecking order and you get treated a little bit differently, but there's no guarantee you become an NHL
0: player. And I always remind them if you're drafted and you're sitting at home, trust me, when you show up the development camp, they still give you the Jersey that everybody else gets. You still get that, right? Cause uh, the teams, you know, I've talked to many of them about that. So it is one, uh, I understand the excitement of being there. I totally get it. But at the same time, if, if you're somebody who's not for sure, for sure going to go, it might be best to save not the go.
1: disappointment and,
0: yeah. and enjoy it from your couch. I like the stories more of
1: like guys that are, I know it doesn't happen anymore in today's internet age, but like guys that teams can't track down because they're out fishing or they're playing yeah. with their friends or they're, you know, whatever it is, they're on vacation. Like just, ah, eh, whatever. Keith Jones has that famous story. Like the whoever, I think it was the Washington capitals drafted him. He was out on a boat all all day and and they couldn't get him. And he's like, oh, I guess I was drafted. Like wasn't even on his radar that he would ever be selected and becomes a draft pick.
0: Yeah. So and there's quite a few of those uh, stories about that. You know, I've talked to a lot of guys who didn't go to the draft for their draft. And, you know, they had like a two minute phone call and, you know, they go out for a family dinner at Earl's or whatever the local restaurant is in your city. And then away you go on because. I went to Earl's with Tyler in Edmonton last time I was there. It was good. It is it's one step in the process, right? As you mentioned Frank, like some would argue that now the real hard work starts. Yep, because from getting drafted to being in the NHL, like obviously Connor Bedard and a few of those other guys are the exceptions and maybe let's go to the uh, to the top 10 picks. Bedard goes number 1, then Carlson went to Fantilli goes 3, so Columbus gets the big center that they want. Uh, Philadelphia, Anaheim by the way,
1: Leo Carlson They think he's a future Selkie winner at center. Okay. So the big boy, number one franchise pick that they they're betting on upside.
0: Oh yeah. So we'll see and then philadelphia gets the guy they wanted didn't have to move up to get him and uh in meach um you know there were some people it's funny the the uh, the defenseman at five and six there was so oh geez why would montreal and arizona take and then i talked to other scouts like i really like both of these picks yep. and i remember a few years ago when detroit stepped up and took Mo cider and people were like what and uh, obviously uh, they knew something that not not anybody else knew because Mo cider is legit
1: an art not a science
0: yes 100%. So I, I'm always I'm cautious the winners and losers stuff that comes I hate out right the away. I hate people that grade the drafts.
1: Like, I think you can draft a team's overall body of work. Like, this team, you know, made eight picks, and I really liked six of them. Like, okay, sure, if you want to grade a team's overall output, but if you're going to grade winners and losers, like, I think you could separate teams into tiers of who had a really nice week. If you're gonna grade winners and losers, come on. Yeah, like it's Well, no, in five years. Yeah. If you want to go back and grade 2018 today, I- I'm with you. Yeah. But if you want to go and grade 2023 today, just just save your clicks. Like you save know, save
0: your save your typing. I think we all know that Chicago's probably gonna do pretty well with Bedard. Right? Yeah, and, that's and then uh, breaking you know, news. And who knows though how good Carlson and Fantillion and from two to ten in 10 years. I love people say, OK, write me down who you think is going to be the most impactful in a decade, because even in five years, that's just early on in careers. Like, look at Nathan McKinnon five years after his draft and then look at Nathan McKinnon 10 years after the draft and how different he was perceived. I mean, you see it every year. one hundred percent.
1: I think the most fun part of the draft for me is sitting there thinking about, you know, we're all just kind of zoned out, eyes glaze over, pick after pick. But who are these guys in the third, fourth, fifth round that will come to know and remember, you know, years later, no one's pounding their fists on the table, you know, jumping up and down saying, oh, we we got a steal today because you don't know. No. And that's kind of what makes it awesome is there's people from every class, every draft class that, um, you know, teams are are forced to really make and hone in on that. You can tell which teams grind. And get to the place where they're selecting players in the 60s or the low hundreds in the draft that they want to make bets on because they don't have first round picks and they know how important it is
0: to be able to hit in those late rounds. Yeah, like I'm I'm I'll be curious, you know, to to look and see uh Nashville's last pick, uh Aiden Fink, who is a, a right winger from Brooks. Because um, Tom Fitzgerald and David Poyle, anybody who missed it, uh, of course, David Poyle is retiring. So he makes one final trade uh, with Tom Fitzgerald, who is a guy that, of course, uh, he had drafted many moons uh, ago. I think, uh, you know, they had the connection together. And so uh, they trade the uh, seventh round to New Jersey uh, next year and then they get their seventh round. And no, we'll be curious, does Aiden Fink, does, does David Poyle's final draft pick turn out to be good? We'll see.
1: You never know. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh... That Tom Fitzgerald, the first captain of the Preds, yeah. is the guy that makes the trade to have
0: that happen. Well, you could tell David Poyle. That's the one thing that I came away from this weekend is how respected he is by so many different people in the hockey world and how and and not so much of what the job he did, but how he treated people.
1: Yep. A hundred percent. Just all class, um, and a true builder. Like I'm kind of surprised that he's not in the hockey hall of fame already because Yeah, he's been around a long time and hasn't gotten his name on the Stanley Cup. But the definition of the honor is a builder. And who's more of a builder than someone that had an opportunity and was offered. I talked about this on my pod with him on Frankly Speaking, offered the job of the Toronto Maple Leafs GM and you bypass it to come and start a new franchise in Nashville. Like that's like literally the definition of a builder and was here for 26 years
0: and uh, you know what Nashville's a hockey town now like the fans were passionate uh, all week long they're pretty fired up about it they've hosted a lot of big events in this city obviously I think everybody likes coming to Nashville because of the extracurricular stuff that you can have uh, away from the rink for sure but uh, Nashville has become uh, like a hockey town their fans are rabid Uh, obviously they don't have a Stanley Cup yet but they got a pretty strong support base and now we'll see what Barry Trotz does uh, moving forward with the Preds and now Frank what's unique about this year's draft usually the draft ends on the Saturday, and then you've got four, five, six days, depending until free agency. Not the case. Uh, Saturday, less than 48 hours from now is when free agency begins. Uh, we did see the Islanders. They traded Bailey to Chicago. Chicago's going to buy them out. They get a second rounder in 2026. Uh, Edmonton frees up cap space. They move Yamamoto and Coston to Detroit for futures, which is nothing. Well,
1: yeah. So they they get the second. Chicago gets, gets the, the second, second rounder. rounder. Yeah thought it was a nice little piece of business to just turn around and buy them out. Yeah. It's on a bit. Well, they got I mean, so basically you buy a second round pick. I mean, that's, you should be in the business to execute deals like that.
0: Yeah. Well, why not? Because, and it's a second rounder. No, it's a second rounder in 2026. So it's, it's a ways down the road. You know, it's not like the Islanders are losing a second next year, but eventually they're going to lose the second rounder. So we'll see what happens. But I look at a guy like Josh Bailey, um, obviously didn't have the great year. He's a guy who's probably going to have to sign like a, a league minimum salary, potentially Frank and just show somebody he can still play.
1: Yeah. And I think he can. Um, I think he's lost a little in terms of speed and and maybe even in terms of hand eye and winning board battles, but for 750 or a million bucks, Adam, he's going to be on our next free agent uh, top 50. He'll be out uh, on Daily Faceoff.
0: You know who won't be there, most likely? Who? Corey Perry. Yeah. Chicago also acquires him for a seventh rounder, and uh, they, they obviously want to insulate Conor Bedard. They brought in Taylor Hall, Nick Felino, and now Corey Perry. Right? I think they want, yeah, we're, we're going to be in a rebuild, but we want to have some guys who have won or a guy like Taylor Hall who can talk to Bedard about the pressures of being a number one overall pick and being a skilled player to play with them, right? And Nick Felino has a reputation of being one of the classiest guys in the league as far as to kind of just insulate Bedard and have good veterans around to kind of show you how to be a pro. I don't think there's
1: any, ever been a teammate that hasn't liked Corey Perry. No. Honestly. And Luke Richardson got view of that when he was the assistant in Montreal when Corey Perry was there. They go to the final. Now he has a chance to get his hands on Perry he was really pushing Kyle Davidson to to make the move. It was an easy sell for Davidson. And um, I'd expect when that contract comes in, it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of where Felino is now. One year, four million bucks. For Corey Perry? Yep. You would have said the same thing for Nick Felino earlier in the week, too.
0: Yeah. Well, good for Corey Perry, man. No wonder that he's going to agree to want to get traded there. Like he was it's making not
1: about money for him. He's made hundred and twenty oh, million dollars. He doesn't. That's not about. That's not what it's about. Corey Perry, by the way, was golfing in Ireland uh, this week when he found out about the trade. I think it was. It's not about the money, but it's there are other teams that are offering and putting you know stuff on the table. He he'd have to basically bypass the Hawks mm-hmm. and. Then go want to go to a contender. It's hard to say no to a contender. No, I agree. To then go sign with a team that's rebuilding, so you have to offer you know a little extra financial incentive. I think in order to make that happen, that's what the Hawks did with Felino. And I, I mean, I just first off, I like the move because then at the same time, you you can only eat fifty percent. But if Corey Perry gets to the deadline and says he wants to go to a contender. I bet that the Hawks are gonna oblige.
0: Probably. It's just harder to move him then because now he's a two million dollar player instead of a five hundred thousand based on what he was like the last few years of being a yeah, million dollar but player. That's, right? that's okay. Yeah. So and who knows? Maybe he'll just want to stay there. We'll uh, we'll see. So that's interesting. I did not expect his contract I thought it would I, I thought you're was,
1: gonna say, could tell that you did not I, I thought you were that. gonna say
0: two million. I thought, okay, you know what? They'll give him a double his salary. Makes sense where you go. But uh, hey, if the if you get four million, good for him.
1: I uh, think in that neighborhood, it's not done yet.
0: Okay. Now um, free agency begins, and we've known this for a while. Um, are you do you see any other guys possibly being moved between now and free agency?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a number of guys that teams are working on to try and shift the contract somewhere else. We talked about it on daily face off live earlier on Thursday, and you know it's a group of guys that are in the same category as Yamamoto and Baileyware too expensive um for you know their current play compared to cap hit you know it's Jeff Petrie it's Anthony Mantha Blake Wheeler um Hoffman in, in Montreal um the Bruins blue line is backed up Mikhail Granlin in Pittsburgh like go through the guys that are on the really sort of expensive tough contract list and you can make a wager that the team is out there trying to to move them somewhere else. Yeah. So, so those are the guys on our trade targets board that are there
0: for those express reasons. And of course, there's still the obvious names we've talked about in Winnipeg and, you know, Shifley and Hellebuck. And then you look, of course, at the Calgary Flames and who they're trying to move. So, you know, there's still going to be some, I think, significant deals with some of those names over the next few days. Uh, Orloff, probably the uh, the number one defenseman As far as a free agent goes. The
1: number one free agent period on our top 50. Yeah.
0: Do you, how much, like, what do you think his AAV is? Like, is he pushing seven?
1: He's asking for, I was told he's asking for eight. I don't know if that's accurate. That was the scuttlebutt around the league. Hmm. I personally, I don't know what kind of term he's looking for, but I would say that seems rich. Yes. Especially at age 31, but it's also a really thin class. Like that's the thing is these guys are getting bumps in pay
0: because of that. Well, the big thing is I spoke to two GMs right after the draft, and both of them said when it comes to free agency, they're curious to see are there going to be big spenders on July one? Or if the cap is if it's tight and a little bit more, they feel they can get in the dance a little bit more. So I'm kinda there's obviously it only ever takes one. GM to want to say, Hey, I really like this guy. We're paying him blank. Right. We it just, happens. We, you just had the reaction with Corey Perry. Yeah. So, um, you know, now I think, you know, there can be like the worm is slithering yeah, to Chicago. Like Corey D- Perry doing that. I think Frank, that's not really going to impact the rest of the market. You know what I mean? Like people would look and say, it shouldn't.
1: I had someone say to me the other day, Hey, uh, the hawk you know, everyone hates the Hawks for these contracts for Felino and everyone else. Cause it's throwing off the comps. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. Like everyone knows that this is the Hawks. First off, having to get to the floor. Yeah. Second, having to convince players to go there because they're rebuilding and, and convincing them to take less term at the same time. Yeah. Like you got to you got to at some point put something on the table that gets someone excited.
0: Like I don't think other 12 goal scorers and 25 point guys are going to look and say, Hey, Corey Perry got four sheets. I'm going to get four sheets. Like that's not happening. Like, yeah, like Go to
1: three consecutive Stanley cup finals, yeah. win a hard trophy, mm-hmm. you know, be a great teammate and then we can pay you 4 million
0: bucks. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, I, I am interested cause I've, I've looked at it. I'm sure lots of other people have. And the amount of good values there are Frank from July 2nd, To the 30th, right? Like lots of teams will the biggest overpayments usually happen early in free agency. And I've always like the one year there was somewhat decent limiting of spending from the GMs, but there always seems to be, and I'm sure they get caught up in the emotion of it. You're just like, oh my goodness. It was
1: the one year ever was coming right out of the pandemic. Yeah. When the cap was flat and and wasn't really an attractive class and people didn't pay up. Yeah. Other than that, it's still been a bonanza for the most part. I have a feeling this class in particular with how thin it is. I, I said right at the outset from doing the first free agent list in late March, that this is the worst free agent class I've ever seen. Doesn't mean that there aren't good good players players that you can add to your team. I think the, the most interesting part of the board isn't really like the top 10. It's like the guys like 25 to 50 that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg that could help your team win. Um, you know, I'm thinking guys like, uh, Connor Brown, Garnet Hathaway. Um, You know, if you can get Luke Shen, Connor Clifton on the back end, you know, these guys aren't going to be super expensive. Ryan Donato had a great year this year in Seattle. 14 goals, 27 points. Versatile player. He was making uh, 1.2 at 1.8. Like, are you balking at that number? He's going to get more than that. But um, I, I just those are the types of players that I'm looking at going. They could, you could add that player to a team and be a difference maker.
0: Then there's guys still kind of in your top 15, Vladimir Tarasenko. What does he got? Like Patrick Kane. We all know these, you know, he's going to have the surgery. Ryan O'Reilly, like Ryan O'Reilly to me, if you're just looking at pure fit, if Patrice Bergeron doesn't come back, Ryan O'Reilly filling his slot in Boston, you know, Makes a lot of sense to me. Similar type player, not as good. So when the guy comes to your
1: town and rips your heart out and wins a game seven and the con Smythe, you then sign him a couple of years later.
0: I don't think that matters,
1: right? I'm just saying, yeah. it'd be like, what's the what's the what's the comparison in another sport? How often does that happen?
0: That was four years ago, right? Four
1: years ago, it was still, it was like, what a big balls moment, and also one of the best hockey photographs of all time. Ryan O'Reilly flying home with the Stanley oh, oh, yeah. Cup and Conn Smythe on the table on the plane.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's shirt
1: on button, <laughs> beer on the
0: table. Because if you're the Bruins, Frank, think about it. Bergeron might not be back. Krejci, Orlov, Bertuzzi. Convinced of that by the way. So you think those two are coming back? Maybe.
1: I think Krejci's a longer shot. At least if that's what the speculation is.
0: Like Bergeron had a really good year.
1: Oh, some would argue like. One of his best. Yes, I agree. And I I just, I think it's one of those situations where, like, he could decide in September. Oh, for sure. And the Bruins don't really need to know. And no matter what, you're always ready to welcome him back. I think his body's been really worn down. And I think that's the fight that he has internally is, I, I just don't know how much I have left. I want to play. Just don't know how much I have. And I also just... I have a hard time thinking that he's really going to go away after that loss. You know, if you lose yeah, in another fair. way, if you lose in the second round or whatever it might be, even after historic regular season, it's going to hurt no matter what. And you don't always get to go out a winner and you don't get to call your shot and ride off into the sunset. But it kind of feels like losing a 3-1 to one series lead and then losing Game 7 and a th- Two or three goal lead in that third period. I just, I don't see him going away on that note.
0: I would agree with you. the The other aspect, because of the position and the importance of the position, you have Freddie Anderson, you have Tristan Jari, you have Jonas Corpusalo. I'm I'm curious about the the goaltending carousel that we see, and uh, you know how busy that gets. How many how many of those guys are are going to end up staying in the in the city they're in, and how many they're going to end up moving, and you know who has success. Because, you know, the one thing about the goalie position, it factors in so much on the system and the style the team in front of them plays based on their style of a goaltender. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, L.A. and Corpusalo, they seem to to have a good fit there. Uh, you know, Tristan Jari in, in Pittsburgh, that, you know, you come in, you got a new GM. What does he think? What is What do they look at with him? You know, Freddie Anderson went healthy, Frank. It's a pretty good goalie. The problem is... He seems to get hurt at like the most inopportune times. Yeah,
1: I. So, were you suggesting Freddie Anderson in Pittsburgh? Well, I just don't see no, Kyle. Judas no. I don't going see, no, I don't see well him again. going there. Like, again. like, I think they already Corpus Alto. I
0: think would be better fit there than um, than Freddie Anderson.
1: I think, and I mentioned this in one of my trade target stories. The Penguins. I, I think one of the guys on their list is is actually Capo Kakinen. I know that's going to surprise you, and I don't think from the Sharks, yes, I think they really like his game technically, okay, and are potentially believers in him. Um, I don't think as like the number one, but I also there are rumblings out there that uh Pittsburgh is going to change out both guys in their tandem. That not only is Jari hmm. um going to walk, but that uh Casey DeSmith, who has one more year left on his deal.
0: Um, might be somewhere else. Well, San Jose speak, you know, they're looking for goaltending.
1: You want to like, I don't, I don't have a ton of inside Intel on where everyone's going to land. But if I were to offer a prediction, I think Varlamov is going to go to the devils.
0: Well, that makes sense. That makes actually a lot of sense to you me. Go, you throw right? the two V's in, in tandem, Vanacek yeah. and Varlamov. And I'm curious about what contract San Jose and Blackwood are going to end up with.
1: I don't, so here's the thing, because unless not, San Jose qual- is willing to pay, I believe that Blackwood can get more on the market than what San Jose initially has in mind.
0: Yeah, because they can't, I, I shouldn't say can't, I'm assuming they won't qualify. qualify I'm at at four three, point, yeah, yeah. 3.36 is yeah, what it is. Like that's, um, that's unlikely.
1: But they made the trade, interestingly enough, and I don't think they've engaged too heavily in negotiations yet, but I, at least the initial insight was that
0: it didn't sound great. Well, how much, you, like, how much do you think Blackwood would get on the market?
1: I don't know. I, I think my guess is the sharks. If you're looking at the market from last year, um off.
0: Yeah. He Sam- only got 1.1.8 yeah.
1: and he came from a situation where he had better numbers. Yeah. I I would suspect that the market dictates that Blackwood is under that. Yes. However, I think there's enough teams out there that like him, that think a change of scenery.
0: Which happens with a lot. His
1: pedigree, um, as a high draft pick and a guy that two and a half years ago we were talking about being on Team Canada's Olympic team. Yeah. Right now, and now we're like, this guy is hanging on to a. It felt like he was hanging on to a job in the NHL by a thread. Yeah. Now, he had some shitty luck. Yes,
0: injuries have played a big factor. Do you know here. that his heel injury was so bad? Oh, it's gross. They cut out the whole thing. They hole cut a a
1: out a, a hole in his skate so that his heel could literally hang out the back of the skate.
0: Yeah. It's disgusting. Like something tells me that it's really hard to perform at your best when you when you're having that for your hockey skate. It just doesn't seem normal. Yeah, I mean, that's breaking and more breaking news. Yeah, yeah. So, now there are a few other um teams that, uh, you know, I look at and say like the Boston Bruins, you know, they had the best regular season ever and they might potentially have a significant amount of, of change. Well, we know the jets, you know, the Calgary flames still are looking, uh, you've talked about Pittsburgh and maybe revamping their, uh, their goaltending. What's your thoughts on the Washington capitals and the direction they're going. And uh, I know you and I were sitting there at the draft and, uh, we were looking at potential buyout candidates, Here by uh, Because tomorrow, and I know there's lots of scuttlebutt people, everybody in Winnipeg thinks Blake Wheeler's getting uh, bought out by the Jets if they don't facilitate a trade, and I get that. But what about a guy like Mantha? I looked at his buyout. He's a 5.7 cap. He's only one year left. But you buy him out, the the cap is pretty low here for the next two years.
1: It is. um, And I think it's easy to make a case if you're the caps that to take the savings that you have from Mantha this year go spend them on a third line player that you really like. Like I get why it makes sense. I also hate the idea of buying a guy out and prolonging the cap hit, like doubling it up. Um, That said, I personally would hang on to him. If you don't like, I wouldn't pay to get rid of him and I wouldn't buy him out because think about how the situation changes. First off, you're going to find a really motivated Anthony Mantha. You would hope. Heading into next season in a contract year. And if your team is no good, then you get to the deadline and you eat half and you actually get something for him.
0: Yeah, like the caps are a, a fascinating one to me because we, we all know they told Ovechkin they'd like to stay competitive and they didn't make the postseason last year. I haven't seen any moves yet that will make it say, hey, I think Washington's really improved. So I'm curious to see what direction they're going to go in.
1: I agree. And we didn't really get any clarity this week. No, nothing.
0: Like, so that's, the caps are, especially because I sense there's a little bit of turnover coming in the East. Like, I think Buffalo's pushing. I think Ottawa's pushing. I think Detroit is pushing. And so somebody's got to get pushed out, right? And Washington was already out. So can they can they muscle their way back in? What about the Islanders? Yeah, like, see, I, I, I love I their fear- goalie. And then the rest, like, think about what about Zach? Like, do you see the numbers Zach Parise put up making seventy-five, seven hundred and fifty k last year? Twenty goals. Yeah. So what if now I talked to some guys in New York today, and they think he's coming back but they're not hundred percent. Well, what, if, so now you lose on a team that's starving for offense. Now you lose another 20 goal score for nothing where are you replace them. It's not like there's a boatload of those guys. Just you can just go pluck off a free agency.
1: Yeah. Again, I, I always put the Islanders as Tyler knows the, in the only God and Lou, no category. Um, but my hunch is that with the Josh Bailey trade to Chicago. Yeah.
0: They're looking to sign somebody.
1: I think they're looking to keep Scott Mayfield. I think they've been talking and they're going to try and push to get that done on Thursday or Friday before free agency opens because Scott Mayfield didn't make a lot. And in a thin D class, you know, he's a little bit further down our board in the teens but still a good player and and a pretty decent uh, option.
0: Player. Well, I'm sure that Scott Mayfield's camp is looking at Erica Branson's contract. I'm not saying he's going to get that high. He's better but, than
1: Erica Branson.
0: Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Four yeah. times four, right? Like, I like Scott Mayfield a lot. So, and and just when you look at right shot defensemen, because I went through the list of right shot D-men, and then you look at cap and you're like, how do you find guys that are better? There's just not a lot. So, and the thing about the Islanders They're, they're they're kind of the rare team on how are they going to improve? Like they've got an elite goaltender and they play sound defensively. And I think they're like, well, we got to sign Mayfield because that fits into how we play, right? He's a good defender. We want to kind of win with defense first, which I personally don't agree with it because I don't think you can win today's NHL where offense is now at a level we haven't seen in a long, long time. I don't think you can win with just sound defense. You've got to have some offense and the honors don't really have that.
1: They don't, and and that's the thing is, let's say you re-sign Mayfield, then okay, look at like just go to Cap Friendly and look at all the guys that they have under contract for the next two years. Oh yeah, they're locked and loaded for term and dollars. Like this team may never change. They may never have any (laughs) turnover. Yeah.
0: What do you think? What do you think Pierre Engvall gets in free agency?
1: I I don't know, but whatever it is, it's going to be too much. Yeah, so Pierre Engvall is projected by our friends at AFP analytics at four times 4.1. That I don't me. see no. it. 17 goals, 30 points. I know that he's a versatile player that can play all over your lineup. And I heard him once described to me as chiseled, like a Greek God. He's apparently in super shape and, and everything else. And someone is like, Oh, that guy is a T, you know, he's a player that get him in the playoffs can put your team on his back. and." Hey, whatever. Um, I'm sorry. Like not, I'm not dragging him. I'm just saying like, that's exactly the type of player and contract in this free agent class. That is a no, no.
0: Oh, to me, if he gets that type of money it's from a non-playoff team. Like I really, when you look at free agency, there's contracts that are signed by non-playoff teams that it's just to hire AAV because they've got the cap space. And in a lot of cases, unfortunately, it's a mistake. Now, if it's a one-year deal, that's totally different. The Felino and the Perry, I understand the reasoning why. You overpay for those guys because A, you got to get uh, to the floor anyway. And B, you're looking at, hey, our long-term is we expect to be good in four or five years, or we hope anyway, right? In the meantime, we don't just want to get our... Teeth kicked in, which is something I think too many rebuilding organizations overlook. Is they're like, you know what? We're just going to go with youth. And then the youth just gets tromped on and they get stepped on and they get crushed. And they don't have anybody in the room to try to say, hey, guess what? No, this is how you deal with this. This is how you deal with that. And so bringing in guys like Perry and Felino and even a skilled guy like Hall to play with Bedard, to me, that makes sense. It doesn't mean Chicago is suddenly going to be a playoff team, Frank, but at least it means that they're young guys are going to get some semblance of trying to know how to survive in the NHL. And too often I find teams go all youth Mm -hmm. and they just get murdered.
1: All right. So we don't have another show between now and free agency when it opens on Saturday, go like run through the top 50 here and give me like, give me a couple predictions. Where do you see some guys landing? What, where would you like to see?
0: Well, one one guy we haven't talked about who I think is one of the more intriguing free agents is Alex Kalorn. I'm a big fan of Kalorn. Like, I think he does a lot of things well to help your team. Obviously he's one. Now my concern with Kalorn is. So hold on. Before you do that, I'm not
1: entirely convinced that he's leaving Tampa. Okay. The trade for Ross Colton to move on. They're take. they took one run at trying to keep Colton. They're going to take another one to try and keep Kalorn. I personally don't think it's possible. Yeah. I just don't see the cap space. No. But maybe. Because
0: in this year, like if you're Kalorn and here it is. This is your
1: one yeah. chance to really cash in again yeah. in your career. This is it.
0: Yeah. We're like, recording this on Thursday. It's less than 48 hours from free agency. I think you owe it to yourself. It's to 33. Yeah. to say, Not hey, just
1: get there. Yeah. It's cash in. It ca- You've won your two cups. Like As great as your run has been in Tampa and as much as you'd like to stay with one organization your whole career you got to go do the plot and get the five times five or whatever the number is. The projection from AFP analytics is four times five to five. And I think he's 33. Like, I think that's pretty reasonable. He had 64 points last year, 27 goals.
0: Like, you know who I like him with is Buffalo. That's like Buffalo's got all the, they got these young guys. They're skilled. He's got size. He's got experience because they're similar to New Jersey. Now, obviously, Tage Thompson is a much bigger player, right? But when I look at Buffalo and I see all their young guys coming, now, you know, they might look at that and say, hey, you know what, the four-year, the term isn't what they like. They'd probably like three, realistically. But that's the team that I think Killorn fits with, who could benefit him because he's going to get to play some skilled players, but also a team that needs his experience. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I I could see, I mean... I, I get why it makes sense. I don't want to say I could see it. Cause I just don't, I, I have real hesitation saying that I think Buffalo is going to put any players in their lineup that get in the way of their young pieces, but it's
0: fair, um, but you can't win with all young guys. I, That's just a it. fact. Yeah. What about Michael bunting? I thinking? was just
1: going to ask you, I have zero idea <laughs>
0: where he goes. And I'm curious, like, I wonder how much of his success people look and say, yeah, well you're playing with Marner and Matthews and we don't have a Marner and Matthews. So, what are you going to be on our team? I think he's a good player, but I'm I'm very intrigued to see what uh, what he can do.
2: What about Pittsburgh Dubis? Who asked you? I'm just itching to do my segment. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know what? We do know this about the NHL. familiarity matters a lot. Mm-hmm coaches, GMs, scouts, guys that they like. If they liked him in a draft class they didn't get him, five years later, they're available. They're like, yeah, we got to get that guy. It happens all the time. How
1: long did David Poyle try and track down Matt Duchesne?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Long time. How'd that work? Yeah. So, um, bunting to me, I don't don't get a sense, even from talking to people. It's got to
1: be a lower tier team that is willing to spend.
0: Because he's going to want to get paid, and I totally understand it. Like, he's...
1: He's not young, and he's a late bloomer and needs cash. Yeah. Like does. What about Detroit? I was
0: just about to think, say the same thing.
1: They've got cap space. They're willing to wield it on. Obviously you see Kyler Yamamoto and Kleem Costin like free bets. Essentially. Like literally they're handing you a player that's under team control in Yamamoto for 3 million bucks that I think actually can get back to 20 goals when he's healthy. And then maybe in the West. What about like? Uh, I don't know if he'd go there, but like, what a I mean Winnipeg's never a free agent destination, but they're gonna have a, gonna a have bunch a lot, of opportunity uh, and ice time. Like, I like, do you go after him?
0: I think Winnipeg is a team, Frank, that ends up signing a lot of guys in that three to four million dollar range. I
1: don't think they. They they know they can't win in free agency, so I don't think they really get a lot of business done there.
0: Yeah, I but think they have they, to overpay. Yeah, but but even s- s- if again the if the spending isn't really aggressive, I think it benefits uh, a team like Winnipeg.
1: I just saw. I just thought of another team. What about Anaheim for Bunting? Yeah, Verbeek loves the rats. He was <laughs> one. <laughs>
0: uh, and they have they
1: have cap space. They yeah. have Fantilli coming in. They have Ziggler, like those guys. Probably and he's, need old, a he's older
0: than your young guys, like Ziggler's, right? Like Bunting's been around now a while. So, hmm. yeah, because they're walking away, it sounds like, from Comtois. They would have to qualify him at 2.5, which makes. And by the way, I'm going to say this about Max Comtois. That's a bet I would make all day long. Yeah. A million dollar bet for Max Comtois. I'm telling you, I think that one has he's a got, lot of value, a lot of value. He's got all of the physical tools, but he doesn't
1: have the grind and he doesn't have the mental makeup as it stands, mental maturity. Yeah. I would say as it stands right now to be a true difference maker.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think he'll ever be a difference maker, but I look at how like I'm there's
1: surprised. He's one of those guys. I spent a few weeks around at world juniors. I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me. I think two years in a row and I'm shocked. He's not, More of an impact player.
0: Well, after the 21 season where he kind of had his breakout in 55 games, he had the 16 goals and people were, and that's when he got his $2 million contract. And a lot of people felt like, Hey, Comtois is now going to take the step. And, And he didn't take a step at all. He regressed having only scored 15 goals the last two years combined. And so part of it, I think is you're in Anaheim. It's a losing culture and that can wear on guys. Um, you no, know, there's probably some things that he would like to do different. I think Comtois is a player that if you put him on a competitive team where, you know, he starts in your bottom six, there's not a lot of pressure. He's six foot two. He's physical. He skates really well. And if he can chip in, even if he only chips in 12 goals for you, I just I like Comtois. to me. If I was a team, if I was the Edmonton Orders to replace Cleem Coston, I'm looking at Max Comtois. That one, that one makes perfect sense because Costen did very well, very well. For the, uh, for the Emton orders and, uh, you know, Comtois, well, he's not as tough of a fighter. He plays a similar abrasive style. I think that's a fit.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. What are you looking at on the map, by the way? I was just trying to look at my flight to get out of here. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of red in that radar. So I'm (laughs) I'm not loving that. Um, Tyler, uh, how you doing? How you holding up over
2: I'm there? Good. I'm good. Uh, I finally was able to track down a coffee at the rink, and that kind of got me on the right path. So well, I, I think my you, hangover's man. behind me. Yeah, I have coffee an orange juice a, over there.
1: and a slice of pizza.
2: Yeah, that was terrible pizza, though, Frank. Yeah, bet, that was I some mean, of the no worst No one pizza
1: thought pizza that pizza. anyone in Nashville does good pizza, yeah. but
0: yeah. Really, Nashville's bad? Like, they're <laughs> known for bad pizza?
1: No, just anywhere not on the East Coast is more or less Fair bad enough. pizza.
0: Fair enough. See, it's funny, because when I went to New York, everybody raved about their pizza. So and, I, and trust me, I tried a lot and I tried it buckled because when you're buckled, most stuff tastes really well. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I didn't like the fact that it was just like so floppy like and a little bit too greasy. Yeah. The New York Every, pizza, a lot I thought it was
1: overrated. There's a lot of different pizzas. Yeah,
0: Well, uh, I got to try some more.
2: But the two places to Philly, I went to. I'll take
1: to... you to some places that will literally blow your mind.
2: Okay. Uh, all right. A couple of questions for you guys here. I actually got four fill in the blanks to wrap up in the final four minutes of this episode. Uh, the first one. The name in Frank Saravalli's top five trade targets we see move next is blank. And I'll give you the top five here. Number one, Alex DeBrincat, Hellebuck two, Hannafin, three, Carlson, four. The Habs pick was five. We'll bump Lindholm Elias into that slot. So out of those five, Frank, fill in the blank. Who gets moved first?
1: I'm going to say Noah Hannafin. I think he's the easiest one of the group to move. Mm-hmm. I just think the there? Flames weren't. There's definitely a market there yeah. and it's a decent market. I think there was so much happening this week that it was just kind of, I don't know why it didn't get done, but I think that's the next guy to go.
0: Jay. I'd agree, but I will, I will, t- I'm going to go then with the biggest wild card in the top five. I'm going to go Eric Carlson. Ooh, Maybe a nice
2: Friday, big splash. That'd be something. Uh, you guys were. Gonna I don't eat-
1: want to say I would eat cat food, but I will eat my hat if Eric Carlson gets traded this weekend. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you you did yeah. your eat cat food thing that
0: you know we've had a lot of people. T- uh, what, what, what did I say? That, well, you said that Sean Dursey would be top four in LA next year. Yeah, which obviously isn't happening. So in theory, so he'll be you top, need you so need he'll to be
1: top two in Arizona. Yeah, that's right. yeah,
2: yeah. That's, It's not top four in LA. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys are giving your free agent predictions. Let's do this one. A good fit for JT for is blank, Jason. Hmm. Well, the the
0: obvious team, anytime I think of centers, of course, is Boston because they need centers. And, if you know, even if Bergeron comes back, they still need another one. So I would say I'm going to still stick with the Bruins because I think that they desperately need a center. And I think they're going to look at either Confer or O'Reilly. All right. Frank? Detroit? That's a decent one. All right
1: just trying to think i could see nashville being in the mix for a player like him
2: they got some newfound cap space my second
0: team if i get two picks i'll take the jets okay because they're going to do Bois and then they're probably trading shifley
2: good tie in Alfred's to- an
1: american he ain't going yeah to win that's right.
2: fair that's fair uh good tie in though to my last two for you jason uh, there is a blank percent chance that one of shifley or hellebuck start the year with the jets frank There
1: is a 25% chance okay, and the more money would be on Hellebuck, I think. Mm. And I say that knowing how difficult it is to trade a goalie in season. I just, I, I'm really struggling to grasp what the market is.
2: Yeah. Goalie
0: market's never great, man. No, like, what the
1: goalie market is to pay big, big money for a goalie. Yeah. yeah. How many teams are lined up to do it?
0: 100%. They're not. And even like, just look at the history of goalie trades. Like, Marc Andre Fleury won a Vesna and he got given away. Yeah. Right? Like, it's crazy. Now, I know the cap space played a factor in that for sure, but just go through the history of it. Like, how many goalies get dealt. I just, I just don't see it very often. So I'm going to say, I'm actually going to go. It's like 75% chance. One of them starts a season, in Winnipeg. I think it's fair. I just thought at the start of the summer, I didn't think they could move all four. Yeah. So I, it's, I'm going to stick
2: with that. All right. And uh last one for you, Blake Wheeler here in rumblings about the buyout and all of that stuff this weekend. A uh, good fit for Blake Wheeler. If he hits the open market is blank. Jason. Oh, jeez. Big body. (laughs) Yeah. 20 goal
0: seasons are probably behind. I'm I'm guessing Blake Wheeler, you have to go to a dressing room and a team that feels like he, they can, you know, he doesn't have the best reputation right now in the room. So a little bit high maintenance at times. So I'm going to say Carolina. Okay.
1: Right. I think I got the perfect place for him. Okay. Dallas.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that.
1: I mean, Jim Nill talked to him yesterday and he said, we're really looking to improve on the wing and they don't have a lot of money to spend. Blake Wheeler could be double dipping. Yeah. And they probably can't afford him at the the half four and change, but they probably can afford him on, you know, whatever the next deal looks like. And I still think he's got lots of game. He may be a pain in the ass, but, mm-hmm. um, for a team that's like in a championship window and looking to get over the hump, I think he's one of those guys that could really help
0: well, and here's the thing he was due to make five point five if he gets bought out, it's getting two point seven five so if he just breaks even he gets two point seven five you know on a one year deal in Dallas more than or something that.
1: it's it's two thirds not one half
0: well that's what his cap is this year, right,
1: yeah, but I'm saying you oh, get yeah. two thirds of the money of the not, five point five half. yeah so, so yeah, so he's getting
0: three point what's that no, no, he gets 3.6 mil, right? No, 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 but Two his th- actual dollars, dollars, dollars yeah. 3.6
2: yeah. or 7. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you could even sign him for last year. Um, you mentioned Dallas, Frank. Last year was the Blake So, maybe this year they'll have the Blake Assange, the, the Wheeler. I could also see him.
1: Um, <laughs> like, what about a place like Pittsburgh? Like, they need goals. Like, they've got Sidney Crosby. Like, no, I they just see... got Riley
0: Smith, though. Boston. Right?
1: Yeah, but, like, again, when you're only looking for, I don't know what he's going to get paid, but if you're only looking for one year, one million bucks, because you want to go rejuvenate your career, go to a place that well, you might, yeah. maybe you think that you can do some damage in Pittsburgh with Sid and Smith and whoever else they go to add here. Yeah. Like,
0: I don't know. So a one-year deal, you now that you've, because uh, there, there's no team out there that is is maybe more desperate for a right winger, Frank. Mm-hmm. I know you're talking a million bucks. I just don't. Yeah, I'd, I'd be
1: surprised if they'd go for the personality. Yeah, there well, that's you go. exactly it. Uh, there you go. And that's- he's also an American. Again, like he's an American who's played almost his entire career outside of Atlanta and Winnipeg. Like maybe he wants to do something. Yeah, like
2: different. he's been in Winnipeg since 2011. 2012.
1: He's an original he a, Jet yeah. 2.0. He was a
2: Thrasher, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, there you go. That's a wrap on fill in the blank. I'm going to get back to my orange juice. <laughs>
1: um, one other uh, prediction. Uh, Carson Soucy, 22 on our board,
0: Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. I've, I saw the lots of scuttlebutt about that, um, this weekend. Um, I guess it makes sense to me. Uh, I don't mind that one. I, uh, um, the other few interesting ones, uh, to me, as I look down your, uh, your board, um, a guy like Thomas Tatar, who, you know what? The guy can score five on five historically, didn't have a great five and five year last year, decent, but you know, he's coming off, I think it was 4.5, 4.25, something like that. Um, I wonder what he gets on the open market for teams who are looking like, you know, does he want to take a, a value deal? And I wonder can Ken Holland, which forwards can Ken Holland, cause that's what he's going to have to do. Frank, he's got to convince somebody to take a value contract that they can turn into a bigger contract. Because Edmonton, now that Yamamoto's gone, they have a clear opening to play with either McDavid or Drysdale on the right wing. It's wide open. They don't have a right winger other than Zach Hyman in their top six. Derek Ryan's not a top six right winger. So, Lavoie's not a top six right winger. I don't don't think they want to play Holloway on the right side. So... there is a huge opportunity there. I know we've talked about Connor Brown because he's in that rare situation where he can get a bonus-laden contract because he played 400 games and was on LTIR for the majority of last season. But I wonder who they can convince to go there. Because let's be honest, there's no better option, Frank, in the NHL if you're a right winger who feels like I can go somewhere and pad my stats than playing with either McDavid or Dreissel. Agreed.
1: Incredibly sexy opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of sexy, we'll, we'll end on this. Packing my bag today, my suitcase to leave. I needed one of those like hazmat suits. It was like, Like like a straight up, you're dealing with asbestos and jam like just
0: put it into the jam all your clothes into the suitcase. Like why don't you just ask them? Why don't you ask them? Go down to housekeeping, ask them for an extra garbage bag, and just wrap your clothes in the garbage bag and put it in your suitcase. I was way
1: too frazzled this morning. Well, that's what you should do, man. It was a tactical error on my part. Should have gotten at least, at the very least, some some rubber gloves. Oh yeah, because I feel. Really bad. Just offloading that into.
0: You might have to throw your suitcase. Into my hamper. You might have to throw your suitcase away when you get home.
1: It's. I'm telling you, like, I, first off, I don't, I didn't really pack enough. Like I, at one point I took so many showers here that I just, I was running out of clothing and frankly, gitch. Yep. to get me to the finish line, well, buddy.
0: There's a go, you can. That's the one thing you should never run short on. Go to the store. You can always buy new ones. Doesn't take up any space in your uh, in your suitcase. That's the one what kind thing of. What kind of
1: undies do you wear? Oh, just boxers all day long. You're a boxer guy, huh? 100.
0: percent
2: lemon brand. Once once you go there, you never go back. Do you, do you? What do you have? The boxer briefs? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I have the same kind of thing, just a different brand. But yeah. Yeah. Once you that's do that, I'm telling you, yeah. Boxers. Come on. You kidding me? What are you
0: in high school? Oh yeah. Well, I guess they're boxer briefs. Yeah. I guess so. They're
1: br- so like they're not
0: like you don't have like baggy boxer. I'm not on. a basketball player under what? my jeans if that's what you're suggesting, right? I'm not What walking are you around saying? The big basketball shorts? No, no, no. Like that? Yeah, I'm wearing like yeah. I guess it's more about briefs for sure. If they're gonna call it the boxer briefs, yeah, all over. They're well, tight. Safe you know, travels you be to everyone getting home. around, as Kramer says. I'm flip flopping. I don't like it.
1: Safe travels to everyone getting home and do do the laundry quickly. Yes, especially
0: Frank. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Sarah Sarevalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to never miss an episode. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.